0: Welcome back to Leading Women in Tech. I am your host, Tony Collis. Hello, welcome. Let's change the world with a little bit of leadership, right? Today, I am delighted to welcome a new guest to the show. We're getting into these guest episodes, right? And this woman is extraordinary. Guess what? she's another coach for women in tech. We are a rare commodity. <laughs> uh, my coach calls me a unicorn. I'm no longer a unicorn. There's another of me out there and I have got that lady on the show today. Um, but before we do that, I have one very important announcement for you, which is doors are officially open to Lit Up Leadership Academy. You've been hearing lots about it. It is the thing that you need in your leisure career, particularly if you love the idea of one-on-one coaching, but it's not possible for you right now and you want the toolkit, you want the strategies, you want the help in terms of leadership, as well as in terms of interview techniques and how to excel in your first 90 days. You want the whole bag. That is what Lit Up Leadership Academy is about. It is about giving you everything you need to create a compelling, fulfilling, exciting careers. I want every single one of you to love Monday mornings, just like I do. So if that sounds good to you, head over to tonycollis.com forward slash academy to find out all the details. And of course, if you wanna have a chat, my doors are open right now for all the juicy chats. (laughs) There is no question too big, too small, too stupid, um, or, you know, out of the bounds. I will always just say no if it's something I'm not prepared to share. But in general, I share pretty much everything. So if you would like to chat through whether this is a good fit for you, and I do turn people away from the Academy because it's not the right thing for them at this point in time, I will give you an honest answer. It is definitely not a hard sell. I only want people in the Academy who are going to benefit from it because we have such an amazing community in there. Of women lifting other women up um, and I want to maintain that. So head over to tonycollis.com forward slash academy and there's also a link there to book a call with me if you would like to find out more. Okay but without further ado let's invite my guest onto the show Miha Go Big. it helps female professionals become confident leaders in male-dominated environments and just like me she specializes in women in tech. She is passionate about confidence, visibility, to help take your career or business to the next level. And she guides women through her five-step framework to 10x their confidence, as well as unlearning what holds them back, um, all that self-talk, imposter syndrome, perfectionism. We've talked about that a lot on the show before. She is also a certified coach, speaker, and published author. This woman is extraordinary. So without further ado, let's get her on to the show. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Welcome to the show, Mihar. It's so good to have you here. Thanks for having me. Um, As a fellow coach specializing in serving women in tech, you are a rare treasure, just like me. We are few and far between out there. So I'd love to know a little bit, first of all, about what brought you to be a specialist in this specific area, why you were so passionate about the tech industry, um, and just share with us how you came to doing the job you do today. That is really rooted in my biography.
1: So I moved to Seattle, um, nine years ago and I am I always say I'm the only person who came for love and not for a job at Microsoft or Amazon but <laughs> of course I came here and I made friends who work for mm-hmm. either the big corporations or startups who work in tech and uh, what struck me as so so surprising and also shocking was that I met these amazing women and uh, Lots of them were struggling with the same issues I had heard for decades from the car industry. So my background is in corporate communications uh, translation for the German luxury car industry. And I felt that, how can that be? Those issues women have been struggling with for decades or maybe forever uh, in those male-dominated industries like cars, like construction, maybe also finance commercial real estate those areas uh why are women in tech struggling with the same issues today and that made me really angry and anger i I see anger as a positive fuel (laughs) (laughs) um and as i met more people and just dove deeper into what's really happening what's holding them back uh that's when i niche down and uh today i primarily work with women in tech. I mean, most dominantly. And uh, of course, some are from old tech. So manufacturing, basically. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. um, and some my 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 sweet spot is working with the non-tech women in tech, both the in corporate and as founders, because I feel they have double the obstacle. They have two decks stacked against them, not only being female or I mean, not male, let's put it this way not not male and <laughs> yeah. not being an engineer or scientist mm.
0: yeah i can i mean i there's enough negativity around managers who aren't techy enough don't you know like that was the phrase that was thrown at me mm-hmm. um i mean i've got a technical background but it, other people are like oh my god that manager they just they're not technical enough they don't know what they're talking about and as you rise up as a manager yourself you realize actually that's not what you're paid to do And certainly I've worked, I mean, that's not my experience myself in that I was technically trained, but I've worked with enough women who are in HR, marketing, sales, customer success, or just, you know, CEOs, C-level executives, growth, you know, whatever it is that's different. And there is this negativity around the non-technical folks. And it's so limiting, actually. It's so short-sighted because we need all sorts to make a company successful, but it is really debilitating and exhausting to be on the receiving end of that it's this passive aggressiveness even if it's not explicit that comes across can you tell us a little bit more like some of the challenges you see with that like what comes up for these people in general i'll give you first one something my husband threw at me uh many years back
1: and i'm not mad at him but he said oh so you only have soft skills
0: oh god that's like one of those ones that like triggers me so much (laughs) that makes me angry (laughs) uh and he didn't mean it in a negative way
1: at all but being a tech guy that's Mm. how he saw it oh you can do communications and you know these things soft skills so um I think that is something a lot of people struggle with and uh depending on who says that it is really putting a lot of people down it's like you mm. are not you are not the product if you're not product that makes you kind of second class yeah that's the idea yeah. that that uh, actually some people want to transport mm. but others don't even want to do that and but it's the message that's received on the other end like oh if i'm not product i'm not i'm yeah i'm second class here i'm i'm not an engineer i'm not a designer So I'm support staff, so to speak, and that can even go all the way up the ranks, as you probably Mm -hmm. experienced among colleagues, like very accomplished managers, leaders uh, who feel that they need to work uh, double as hard because they are non-technical. I'm like,
0: if someone has an MBA, they are hired to do a different job. Mm. The, the really fascinating and also very depressing thing about this, of course, is that our soft skills are actually part of what makes us extraordinary leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I don't really like the word soft skills. I prefer real skills. Um, and interestingly, obviously, I coach a real mixture. Um, I don't know what the proportion is right now, but over probably over the, the whole course of my coaching career, it's been about 50% women with a technical background and 50% women without a technical background working in tech companies. Um, so it's a real mixture and the thing I see with the women who have the technical background and I personally experienced this one too is the other side of what you're saying we hold on to the need for technical hands-on stuff well beyond the point where it's useful to the business Mm -hmm. we're like I need to I need to do technical stuff because that's how we have been indoctrinated which is part of the problem you're then discussing we've been indoctrinated that's how the va- that's how you're valued value yeah. exactly value that's where yeah. we go. Yeah. yeah and it is so damaging to everybody concerned i think uh, the listeners are hearing this conversation i really hope you can be part of the catalyst for changing that perception whether you are technical yourself or not be the person who says hey we value everybody here everybody has something to bring to the table irrespective of their backgrounds Um, one of my most inspiring mentors is a historian by training and she worked her way up like taught herself programming worked her way up um you know ran an organization in the end before she retired with no formal technical training at all and there there
1: there are women like that around in c-suite positions Mm -hmm. in um as senior vice presidents I mean, they, the few women who are around get a lot of uh, the spotlight and I guess they mm. they are all in the position where they could mentor all day long and never do their job because they <laughs> are still so rare, right? But yeah. uh, I think there's, uh, there's still that belief that there are uh, very few ways to have a tech career and mm. uh, that is damaging to women in general um, or mm. people who are not Male pale Yale, I guess. Mm. (laughs) So it's, uh, and for instance, if you really enjoy the technical aspect, many technical women think they need to do the management track to advance and can never go back. And uh, there are, it's still rare, true, but there are women around who can go back from even a director and VP level to being. Being a, an individual contributor and solving just very high-level problems for the organization. So there are mm. those there are those ways uh, that you can create for yourself. But if you get all that negativity, a lot of passive aggressiveness, it's way harder.
0: It's hundred percent. Yeah. Well, let's let's shift gears on that one. Actually, let's talk about what of the biggest blockers that you see with the people you work with for women in tech right now? What do you see are the biggest hurdles that we're currently facing?
1: I would say uh, being being in, in spring 2022, um, I think the, the big pressure right now is how to go forward coming out of the very restrictive environment of the pandemic. So before the pandemic, being being remote, having work time flexibility was. I think number one on every professional woman's uh, list, no matter if she has Mm -hmm. children or not. Um, And now we do have that remote environment, but now we see, okay, that comes with its own set of challenges. And it has has huge benefits, but it also has a couple of downsides. And as we have seen in the data, I think uh, those downsides primarily affect women the balancing of uh, work obligations and other obligations. I, I don't like the term work-life balance. That's not my, uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the set of obligations and what you want to do, uh, all these mm. things, and uh, promotions, right? Because now that so many meetings are through Zoom, tooting your own mm. horn has become even harder for women who's, or for anybody who struggle with these challenges.
0: What do you think we need to do as women? And particularly, I mean, I want to come back to the tooting your own horn and put a pin in that for a second. But going back to, you know, the fact that as women, we're far more likely to have taken on the burdens of the working at home environment. What do you think we need to be doing as, as we move on from this COVID world, but many of us are maintaining working at home, which I actually applaud. I think it's a wonderful thing provided we can find that mythical balance piece what do we need to be doing to advocate for ourselves to you know let go of some of that burden in some way i would say first prioritize what you
1: really want to do and what you need to do and everything else ask for help women are not used to it i get it i get it um I hope it's changing a little more with the younger generation. I think I can see how that's changing a little. But uh, if you ask for help with things that are more on the sidelines of what you do, that you're not super mm. involved with, you're not. Yeah, that's that. That is easier. That is easier yeah. than than asking
0: um, about core tasks. Yeah. I I one of the things I did with a lot of my clients actually at the beginning of the pandemic was I sat down with them and I said, okay, let's talk about all the things that happen at home, mm-hmm. all of them, let's get yeah. them all written down. And I said, "Like we, okay, how much time for each item? And we literally went through and I said, you need to split this 50-50 with your partner. Yeah. What are you going to hold on to? What are you going to get them to do? Right. And a lot of them were very resistant to that. But those who've done it are so much happier and they have better relationships with their partners because it's it's not their responsibility to do the dishes or whatever it is <laughs> Um, you know, my husband, for example, he always fills the dishwasher. He actually doesn't let me fill the dishwasher anymore because apparently I do it badly. Yeah, <laughs> I system, don't let him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. Um, whereas I don't let him do the laundry because he tends to shrink my clothes. He did it one same. time and it's a bit of a thing. Yeah,
1: same. I'm the laundry person in our household. So yes, and and on top of the sharing responsibilities, I love that I I work very so, sometimes I do very tactical sessions with my clients mm. too, just because uh, in. Insights and inspiration is great, but you need a plan. Most of us do. And I also see uh, many people struggling with uh, outsourcing certain tasks. Yes. Um, because they have those old stories about that uh, being a, I don't know, good wife means that you mm. keep uh the shelves filled in the kitchen or whatever i mean all these things or the, the apartment always like spotlessly clean Though nobody ever eats from that floor everybody <laughs> wants floors you could eat from but we don't eat from the floor right it's important yes. to realize that apart from your dog or cat nobody does in your household well maybe if you have a toddler but um uh, <laughs> those things and just saying okay maybe I can have a grocery delivery service or maybe I can have someone who helps with those things so just so that mm. I can do something that's more either up my up my alley or mm. more important to my family or my career
0: yeah I actually one of the things I really struggled with years ago now was it was hiring somebody to come in and do some cleaning for mm-hmm. me I was so resistant I wasn't particularly good at cleaning myself but the idea that somebody had to come in and do something I should be doing and it I took should be husband, doing there, there we go yes right? exactly and it took my husband pointing out to me how much I made per hour and this is something I now do with clients as well when they're really resisting something is work out how much you actually cost your company per hour yeah like yeah. like what do they pay you per hour how many hours do you work per week how many weeks per year figure that out and suddenly outsourcing, cleaning or grocery shopping or whatever it is. Ironing is one of my favorite things to outsource because I detest it. Like if stuff that you do not love doing. Yeah. Believe me, you are worth so much more than that. If you've got the, the cash available to you, make yourself a little bit happier by doing that, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, there are many ways of really empowering people by outsourcing these things too. If you don't mm. go, if you don't go for the type of company that charges you a lot but pays their people very little, but really put in the effort to say, okay, what are mm-hmm. the initiatives for? I don't know, maybe new immigrants uh, who are still in training, and where you where you have transparency about fair pay, then you can actually really uh, help someone this way too
0: yeah well let's let's get back on topic here because you know you and i could talk about that kind of stuff all day but i really want to dig into like what it takes for us as leaders to elevate and that's that's on with the theme of post-covid so what do you think we can all be doing to embrace this approaching or current depending on your viewpoint post-covid era and make it bigger and better for our careers like what do we need to be doing differently
1: i think first is the mindset piece that going back to normal is not good enough. Mm. I think that's really front and center because we know that many, many workplace normals, pre-COVID normal situations did not serve a large number of people, marginalized group and women in particular, but I would even include, I would definitely include also white men here because, uh, so that's I think that's that's one of the things. Really don't talk about going back to normal, but know that we can build a better normal if we don't get into that nostalgia piece here. Yeah. Because suddenly suddenly this, oh, I miss having colleagues so much becomes this overriding thing. For instance, that's one I hear a lot. And I'm like, well. How about if you don't, you don't commute to work anymore. You have 10 hours a week extra. Yeah. Can you meet a friend for coffee every mm. Tuesday at 5 p.m. when you would usually sit in traffic or something? Um, I think that's, that's really, how about this is the best that can happen to us? That's hard. That's hard. That's a tough question. And uh, there's probably a lot of resistance around that for many people.
0: I I think there a lot of the people that I've seen really thrive come out come through the last two years really in a, in an amazing place yeah. have been the ones who like don't get me wrong all of us have had wobbles through the last two years some of us have had devastating personal experiences and my heart goes out for such people but many of the people who have come out the other side thriving personally and professionally it's because they've decided that they were going to make the most of this. Yeah. We get to choose, we get to turn that mindset switch on and decide I'm going to be extraordinary because of this situation, not in spite of it. And you know, as as leaders, we've seen that. The leaders who have done extraordinary things over the last two years are the ones who said, okay, this is my new normal. What am I gonna do differently? How am I going to support my team? And suddenly your team becomes the best team at the company. Your company becomes the best company in the industry you're in because you decided you weren't going to stay stuck and basically complaining about the change, right? Instead, you embrace it. Be the change you want to see in because of the situation rather than in spite of it. With that in mind, like... What do you think you wish we were doing we'd done more of over the last two years that we should definitely be taking on long term? Other than, you know, I think the coffee is a great one that I'm gonna listen to because I'm not doing that one yet. <laughs> um, but as leaders, what should we be doing?
1: I feel the most important thing as leaders to do in this transition, in this new transition period where things are uh, more up for grabs, up in the air again, is really being transparent about how you feel about it and invite your team uh, to share. Because I know many leaders had regular check-in meetings that were more personal during the pandemic just because people were in a completely new situation and some had a lot of things, extra things to struggle with above the things everybody, everybody had to deal with and not to give up on those things really really see that vulnerability and transparency um, as something that's key for moving forward not like okay this was this was the crisis task force and now now we're all feeling better but really say this is what helps people going forward because now we have different challenges and hopefully hopefully they might be a little easier to uh, put uh, into tangible action and positive action but still this is this is a chance to do something new and do something better
0: Mm, I love that I love that so much okay some of my favorite questions coming your way now what is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given in your career Actually, that the worst piece of
1: advice, uh, that's a life that's a life piece, not 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 career, but uh, always drink champagne, it doesn't give you a hangover. (laughs) That was from my mom. It's totally wrong. It's totally wrong. I mean, I don't drink at all
0: anymore these days, but yeah, that's totally wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? The best piece of
1: advice and that is indeed from the first person coach i trained with is always assume that people are thinking of themselves and not of you
0: oh so good yeah
1: because we mostly do think about ourselves so um when people do something that hurts you it is Mm. probably not me them doing the worst for you but it's doing what serves them best yes doesn't, so doesn't make it right but just like for a mindset shift they are acting on yeah what, what serves them best probably has nothing to do with you or very little
0: it's actually interesting if you dig into that one like it the very fact that you're wondering how that's about you is speaking to the same issue, right? We all do this. We all sit there, oh, my gosh, they think I'm a terrible person. They think this. They think that about me, about me, about me. Yeah. We all think about ourselves an awful lot rather than realizing that actually everybody else does that, too. <laughs> I Love it. Um, okay. Many people are now choosing to transition careers. So networking tips. I'm sure you've got a few favorite ones. What are they? Um I personally love networking. I love connecting with people because
1: I am just curious about anybody first. Mm. I mean, I might not connect well with everybody, so that's okay. But first, I'm always open. And I always, that's maybe a bit of the advantage of being an only child. I enter a conversation with the idea that people are interested in what I have to say. I love that. That's such a good idea. Yes. Why it's, not? Well, I, 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 why would people not be interested in what I have to say? Because there they are, we're talking. Uh, so that's uh, that makes it super easy for me. I, I really have, I enjoy networking. I am a little nervous sometimes when it's a full room of new people or full Zoom room, but not that much. So that's the one thing. I'm curious and I expect, the, I really expect the best of it. And I think uh, I, I love that now after nine years, I feel I'm... Uh, achieving that super connector status again that I used to have back in Frankfurt where I could always find a person to refer people to. And I think that makes you the best networker. Not like you don't need to ask questions that wow people. That's not at mm. all. I just want to hear what are you doing? Who do you, who do you work with? What do you need right now? Is there anything I can do? And usually the is there anything I can do for you means I'll introduce you to someone who might be, I don't know, that person you're looking for.
0: Yeah, and I I think finishing up with that sort of question is such a good way to give to your network and be the valuable cornerstone in your network, which is what you want. You want to give more to your network than you take. If you're always giving, then when you do need something from them at short notice, they're all very happy to give back. Absolutely. I think far too many of us um, ignore our network until we need it. And uh, like, oh my gosh, I need introductions. And oh my gosh, I just have to reach out to everybody I know. And you're cold at that point. Like you've you've not had a warm network for a long time. So it's kind of the wrong way around. I love that super connector thing that you do. I, I think that is such a valuable thing for us to all bring to our communities and to our network. So yay. <laughs> um, any others though? I mean, you had multiple tips there and I just cut you off immediately. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say, especially if you
1: are mid-career, or even early career, uh, when you're more senior and think you know exactly which people you need to stay in touch with. If you do it or not, it's a different matter. But if you're a senior, you know where your next uh, thing is coming from. You know the five people. Um, and you want to reach out to them. Yeah? But if you are more junior or mid-career, you don't have that automatic list of people who could show up as mentors, sponsors, um thinking sounding boards whatever I actually would would make a point of writing it down mm-hmm. writing it down and and have that list and uh, just every once in a while drop them drop them a little note and birthdays I feel oh. so my my thing is uh before the holidays or the or around the new year I always reach out to a wide network of people because, hey, here, here's my holiday card. How are you doing? I'd love to hear what's been new in your world. Super easy. And I usually do the same with the people I know the birthday of and try not to do it through a social media platform. But I mean, some people, I don't have more contact information, but that's the easiest way. Say, hey, happy birthday. Um All the best for for the next year. Um, We haven't talked in so long what's new in your world. It's the easiest way. And some people will respond and others won't. But birthdays and holidays, just send a two-liner.
0: Yeah. Doesn't I mean, why not? Right. It yep. doesn't cost us very much, but it can. I know there's the thought piece. I Actually, I calendarize everything. Mm-hmm. Like I have a list of calendar prompts, like almost every day I will have something. And sometimes that's a birthday. Yeah. Of, like, what do I need to do today? Like little, little tasks. And they're always on there. And it just makes so many days. Like, just turn it around to yourself. If somebody reaches out and says happy birthday to you, that... You know, you don't have a really strong connection with you're not going out for a champagne with them. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Right? Right. It's just so nice when somebody thinks of you and it can make such a big difference in terms of strengthening those network connections. Love that one. Okay, at the end of every episode, I love to give listeners a simple mindset tip with the leadership mindset moment. This is about adjusting how we act or think on the topic of today's podcast. So, Miha, I'd love for you to offer one mindset shift that's going to help us elevate our tech leadership careers okay let me offer my favorite mindset shift piece ever uh so
1: even if you're not a tech leader yet i hope it'll benefit you decide decide right now as you listen to that one thing you're going to half-ass from here on out one thing it's not your core activities at work and it's not your core passions right Mm. it is something on the sidelines for me it's emails i half-ass emails I don't need to write A A A plus emails. B mm. emails, C emails are good enough. And for you, it might be preparing dinner. If you have four kids, kids usually have no problem eating pasta every Monday and pizza every Tuesday. It's fine. You you can feed them. You can feed them enough fresh veggies along the way. Yeah. Or it might be laundry, as we had that example earlier. Yeah. Mm. Just. Half as one thing. Go specifically yeah. for, well, maybe as a perfectionist, maybe start with 80% and go down from there. But <laughs> just do not spend that much time on this one thing.
0: That is so good. I think it reminds me of a piece of advice I was given a few years ago by my coach where I thought I'd done a terrible job of something. And she said, your B game, even your C game in that area is probably better than many people's A game because it was my area of expertise. Exactly. And I was like, oh, and I think we do need to give ourselves... One, we have to be okay with doing a C or a D game or something that we're not good at because that's totally cool too. But also sometimes our B game, our C game, like that is totally... Like that is still above a level that many people who aren't an our zone, a genius will never get to. So it's okay to half-ass it, as you put it. I love that. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, there are other people around who do that thing,
1: maybe a certain thing like my emails. If I'm an executive assistant, yes, I need to write A-game emails. I don't, I don't. That's not the core of my business. Huh?
0: Yes, yeah, I love that. Also, if you are a leader, outsource it. That's the other thing I do yes, when I. Yes. There yes. are things that I've been half-assing for the last few years, and they have been high on my priority list to outsource this year. As I'm, as I'm like, gradually building my team up. Like I'm like, I don't do a good job of that. I clearly don't like doing it. Why on right. earth am I doing it? Outsource it. Yes. And as a leader, we should be doing that with everything. You should be operating all of your effort in your zona genius, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely agreed. So I want to make sure that people know where to find you, Misha, because this has been such an amazing conversation. Where can people find out more about what you do and connect with you in general? Um, My website is gobigcoaching.com
1: and it should be brand new by the time you hear this. (laughs) um, So that's that's an easy way to reach out. I love to get people on the calendar and chat and just hear what hear what uh, they have so never hesitate to just get on my calendar for a virtual coffee chat and you will also find me i mean there's my email address too it's mika at mika and i am on most of the social media my preference is for linkedin and uh you'll find me there and i have returned to twitter recently
0: Ooh.
1: so i have like Four followers right now so <laughs> if you want to communicate with me through twitter i will be very excited and i will definitely see whatever you send my way
0: oh that's so cool I, I people keep asking me to return to twitter i haven't been on twitter for a number of years now um so I think, you know, maybe let's, uh, audience, go follow Mika on Twitter. Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) All those links are obviously in the show notes. Go check out Mika's social media, her website, and connect with her. It'd be amazing. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show. Have you any final thoughts you'd like to share? I
1: would like to share, you are doing a great job. I mean, not, not only you, but whoever's listening, you are doing a great job right go with that mindset because we all struggle i talk a lot about confidence in my coaching but it's really it's really just about that mindset to say i can figure things out yeah and confident people have as much self-doubt as others they just do stuff anyway just go and figure stuff out
0: I love that, love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom today. I really appreciate having you on the show and this discussion in general. I feel like we really could chat all day to like-minded women supporting women in tech Uh, and we're here to change the world. Thank you so much. Yes, let's do that and thanks for having me. Do not forget just one final time before we leave today, doors are officially open to Lit Up Academy do yourself a favor, my love. Go check it out. Go find out all the details. And like I said, if you'd like to chat, just hit me up with an appointment. Or if you just want to send me an email, support at tonycollis.com. I will answer them all. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out work with Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.